Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone, welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 283 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With us this week, the guru of RedsMinorLeagues.com and Red Leg Nation, Doug Gray. How are you today, Doug? I'm pretty good, Chad. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing well, doing well. You know, uh, I said this is going to be an all-viewer mail episode. What do you think about that? You just want to take all-viewer mail questions? Only if they're from actual viewers. Actual letters from actual viewers. Before we got uh, on the line here together, I ran out to the mailbox, got all the actual letters that were sent to me here at Red Leg Nation uh, Radio Headquarters. And uh, I've been you know, sifting through them and, and chosen only the very best questions from the very best viewers. I would expect nothing less. Exactly. But I, I told a little bit of a lie. We're going to start with something that's not a viewer mail. Just because some, there were some transactions today, just a really quick uh, discussion. Uh, because uh, obviously the Reds put uh, David Hernandez, uh, released him the last, uh, it's been how many days ago, four or five days ago now, Today, the Reds lost Jared Hughes on waivers to the Phillies, and they called up and they sent uh, Sal Romano to AAA, and they called up uh, Matt Bowman, who we've seen before this year, and Joel, Joel Kunal, I believe how you pronounce his name. Is that right? That is right. And I want to mention this very briefly just to kind of give you an opportunity to say, uh, yeah, I've been telling you all this for weeks and months now to get this Kunal kid up here. He's been pitching great, hasn't he? He really has. I mean, he started out the year in AA, ERA, under two and a half, promoted to AAA, ERA of two flat. Uh, good stuff. I, I don't. I mean, the, the numbers speak for themselves, but the fact that he's also got really good stuff. I mean, I yeah, he should have been up a month ago. He can hit triple digits, right? Yeah, yeah. He he topped out at 101 last year, and that's on that's verified through track man, like not a hot radar gun or anything. Uh, yeah, he he throws hard. Okay. Well, some of the commentary surrounding these transactions today we're going to get to in some of the questions. So I want to go ahead and, and dig into our viewer mail questions. Again, actual letters from actual viewers. Before we get uh, through the first uh, set of questions, which are, have been submitted to us at patreon.com slash Radio, where you can support the podcast, I want to give a quick uh, thank you, big time thank you to Gary Hilliard, our newest patron at uh, patreon.com slash Radio. Gary Hilliard. Buddy, I appreciate it. Uh, what position does Gary Hilliard play, you think? I I feel like he's, you know, a ground ball specialist, right-handed relief pitcher. You think so? I was sort of thinking yeah. like a middle-of-the-rotation innings eater. Well, maybe he developed a change-up when I wasn't looking. Ah, there you go. So he was able to stick in the starting rotation. So, mm-hmm. Gary, buddy, thank you so much for uh, joining our, our crew at uh, patreon.com slash redlegradio. Our first question from... Uh, and it's the perfect question to start off this uh, particular podcast because of what's happened in uh, in the Red Leg Nation this week. Joe Farsing asks, "Why do the Reds hate us?" Oh, what a what a question! <laughs> where, where do we begin? Uh, they do hate us, though, don't they? I mean, I don't think they do it on purpose. <laughs> I think they mean well. But it's kind of like that situation where, you know, they, they just keep making questionable decisions over and over. Yeah, we've been so faithful. And yet they keep smacking us in the face. You know, the Reds inching closer in the wild card. And even the division race, big series against the Cubs, should have won three out of four. 
Instead, they went, they split, but then still were okay, and then it just falls apart against the Nationals, and it's just, it's been a bad week, except for uh, Aristides Aquino. Yeah, I mean, you know, let's let's be honest here. Outside of whatever's going on in Boston in the water there, I feel like most towns and sports teams can, their fans are asking that same question. Yeah. But the Reds have been hating us for a while. Well, yeah, I mean, I I was six when the last World Series championship was won by the Reds, and I don't remember any of it. So, yeah, it's been a long time, Chad. I wasn't even time. born yet in 1990. Wow. You, uh... You might want to see a doctor, Chad. I'm not. I'm not sure how that works, buddy. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Uh, maybe I had been born. Um, but and I do remember it very well. But uh, yeah, I never would have imagined. Well, you know, coming through the '80s, I, I I really only remember the Reds starting in about '83, '82 or '83. Well, see, uh, now I'm just now I'm just mad at you because you got to see Eric Davis in his prime. I did, so. as a matter of fact. <laughs> but you know, the 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 mid to late '80s, they were at least competitive. Uh, most of you know the four straight years second place uh, and you know and then the 90s the world championship and then you know the 95 team was good the 99 team was good and, and they were decent in between those and and i kind of felt like this was a good organization to root for frankly because they'd just come off the big red machine which of course we don't remember but that was still you know still part of the the, the recent history at, at that point of the reds and so up until you know about 99 it was a <laughs> A pretty good franchise to uh, to watch, and it's been nothing but heartache with a very short, uh, you know, sort of interval between 2010 and 2013, where they kind of we, they were a lot of fun, but they didn't really win much uh, in, in terms of the playoffs. But so uh, I think there's pretty ample evidence that they hate us. I mean, you're the lawyer, so I'll allow it. 2019 Reds, you know, there's some evidence that uh, they're tr- really trying to love us. I think they're doing things differently. That's a comment I made earlier with these transactions that we just had. To me, it seems like I don't know if they know what they're doing, if they're right or they're wrong, but Red's management is really operating differently than they've ever acted before. I mean, they wouldn't have cut bait on Hernandez or Hughes or, you know, early in the year, Matt Kemp. I mean, things like that. Uh, it, it seems like there's a different philosophy. I don't know if it's going to work or not, but am I reading too much into that? I, I don't think so. I, the, the Hughes one is the one that got me. Like, I, I really didn't expect to see that today and when it when it came out i was i was shocked i really was like that that's the one way more than hernandez who sure. you know for all the for all the good that he had done as a red he had been really really bad for the last six or seven weeks so that one i could kind of make sense of hughes i mean if we look at it right now he's got an above 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 league average era right now yeah. and they literally let him go for nothing, for somebody just picking up the rest of his salary, which was less than a million dollars, rest of year. so they're not even really saving money. I mean, it's easy for me to say saving seven hundred and whatever thousand dollars is nothing, but right. to a team like the Reds or well, any major league team, that's nothing. Yeah, it's really surprising. I know people sort of love to hate Jared Hughes. He was really good last year, and he's not been really good this year, but he's been okay. He's been fine. He's not the problem with the bullpen. No. And so just letting him go like that, really, it, it I don't understand it. Uh, maybe they're just hey we want to get the uh, we want to get Kunal up here and see what he's got but you know there were other ways to get that done I guess I don't know whatever but um, the Reds do kind of hate us and the 2019 Reds uh, in particular I was thinking today that uh, just today I had a, it was a perfect microcosm of this Red season so many uh, you know it's uh, we, the season starts and that's usually a fun thing but it started out awful and you know they've sort of teased us a little bit uh, my son is a freshman in high school. 
which is proof that I did I wasn't born in <laughs> 1990. But uh, he's and he decided one of his buddies is a really good golfer, and so he decided he got talked into joining the golf team as a freshman. And as it turns out, they they don't they don't have enough golfers on the team. They've got barely enough to fill out the. There's like six a six man uh, you know six seeds play in each each uh, one of their events. And so uh, so he he actually today played in his first golf tournament about two and a half weeks after playing golf for the first time. And uh, that's bad enough. Plus, <laughs> yeah, he tried his best and, you know, whatever. He had some great shots and some bad ones. But the microcosm is his first tournament, he's kind of excited about the chance. He's on the driving range before his very first tournament, and he breaks his driver. <laughs> of course he Why wouldn't he? <laughs> and so he had to play the entire his first tournament ever is nine holes, but had to play it all without a driver. So that just, that's why this is the Reds. We got right to the starting gate and we were excited. And then they started one and eight and they were behind the, you know, they were behind everybody else from that point forward. They had a handicap that others didn't have from that point forward. So I, I, that's what, that's the way my brain works. That's, that's what occurred to me when I got down to the course and found out he'd broken his driver before they even started. So anyway, uh, that's enough golf. You like, you like the golf, Doug? I do like the golf. I also played golf as a freshman in high school. Really? Yeah. Yeah, but did you start in your first tournament? Uh, yeah. Uh, I did not break my driver. I mean, I probably should have, but yeah. I, I definitely You broke your driver didn't. after the round. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, anyway, let's go on to the next question from patreon.com slash redlegradio. Our buddy Isaac Starcher. It's one of my favorite names. Isaac Starcher. A lot of A's in that name. Isaac asked, what additions do you see the Reds making this offseason to go for it? Quote, unquote, go for it next year. I'd love to see them offer short-term contracts to Yasmani Grandal and Didi Gregorius. Parentheses, funny enough, both former Reds. This is assuming they take short-term deals. Grandal has the last few years. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Isaac. What additions do you see the Reds making this offseason to go for it next year? Now, I'm going to combine this question with another one that we got from Patreon. Assuming I can uh, find it. Um... And it's uh, the second question asked. We'll get to your other one later. John, John Sheary asks, would you still go after Puig, this uh, Yasiel Puig, obviously? Newly minted American citizen Yasiel Puig. Would you still go after Puig this offseason with the emergence of the Punisher, Aristides Aquino? So, what additions do you see the Reds making this offseason to quote-unquote go for? you have any thoughts on that? I mean, I think that Isaac's on the right path. I mean, I think that the clear two real upgrades that the Reds could make would be at catcher. And it's shortstop. So I, he's, he's got the right positions, and I don't think he's got the wrong targets. I mean, D.T. Gregorius is realistically the only shortstop on the free agent market this offseason. Right. Uh, so, I mean, he if, if they're going to go out and try and get somebody, I mean, he's he's the guy that should be at least very close to the top of their target list. Um, now, whether he would accept a short-term offer or not, I, I don't know. I wouldn't if I were him. Uh, but, again, with the way the free agent market's played out the last couple of years, what the heck do I know? But why does it have to be a short-term contract? I, I mean, I uh, know that was the question, but I mean, you know, I, I offer them offer them what they're worth on the market. It's my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, Chad. I'm with you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that both of those guys are good targets for the Reds. I think they would both fill needs. I mean, particularly Yasmani Grandal, who you know he's not a guy who's ever gonna who's ever really hit for a high average, but the guy gets on base and hits for power. And he's a good defensive catcher. Yeah. I mean, that that's a significant upgrade to a team that, I mean, they, right now, I, I mean, does anybody really feel that the Reds are true playoff contenders next year if they don't go out and 
get a catcher or shortstop for next year? I think there are other areas they could improve the the roster, but I think those are the two, to me, glaring places where they could make an immediate upgrade if they went out and spent some money or, or got creative. And, of course, I, I agree, Grandall and Gregorius are, uh, are both guys that I'd be interested in. And I think probably I would, I've, you know, I'm very skeptical still. We're going to talk more about Josh Van Meter later. We're going to talk more about uh, Aristide, Aristides Aquino later. But I, I'm skeptical of both those guys still because of the short track records. But I have seen enough to think, you know, if you could get Grendahl and Gregorius, give, give me uh, give me Van Meter at second base and Aquino in right field. Let's 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 go. Let's see what we can do with that team. I'll, I'll ride with that team. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, they also need to bring Alex Wood back, but that's a different. Uh, <laughs> that's that's well, I mean, hey, that's part of the question, though, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Alex Wood. I mean, especially if you don't have to commit very long term yeah. like if, if he's not a guy who's out there looking for five years like maybe he would have been if he had been healthy all all season i mean uh, i i'm willing to listen well, yeah a lot of that's going to bank on what the market's going to look like for him and 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 part of it as well i think is going to be what what are, what's his thoughts about this team going forward in terms of uh having uh, Derek johnson around you know if Derek johnson can be sort of value added to his career then you know that might be a, a selling point I don't know. I, I would love to see Alex Wood come back. A lot of it will depend on the numbers and what uh, he thinks he can get on the open market. So good question, Isaac. Matt LaCron asks, is Chad going to re-release the Big 50 Deluxe with an added chapter about Yasiel Puig? Do you want me to take this one? Or? Yeah, you go ahead and take that one. Um, I think <laughs> that we should say yes. Well, I'll tell you, um, <laughs> I'm always happy to write about Yasiel Puig. I, I still, he's... He is one of my favorite short-term reds that uh, maybe one of the top two short-term reds that we've ever had here. Top three, I would say. Guys who are here a year or less. Uh, well, I don't. How long was Kevin Mitchell here? Not I long. Think he was here, yeah. He, he like, been, I, I, I want to say a full year, but I'm not. I'm not entirely certain on that. Kevin one. Mitchell, Yasiel Puig, uh, Shinsu Chu. Those are guys who just uh, left a good taste in my mouth um, after they left. I don't know that we have an added chapter about Puig unless he returns next season and leads the Reds back to the promised land. I thought this week we were going to have to do an updated edition or last last weekend when uh, Aristides Aquino almost uh, almost got a four home run game. Yeah, that, that was, I mean, he had what, like three more plate appearances after he had three home runs? Yeah, I mean, it was like the what fourth inning that he got his... Uh, or fifth inning that he got. Was his... it four, no, it was the fourth because he went in the second, third, and fourth right, inning. Yeah, they got his third home run. So, uh, boy, that guy, uh, Aristides Aquino. I mean, you know, my goodness. We obviously had did a quick edit of when Scooter Jeanette got his four home run game to add that chapter, Chris Garber and I, in the Big 50, the men and moments that made the Cincinnati Reds. And, uh, and I was thinking, you know, nothing's happened since then to make that book obsolete. And um, so, which, by which, I mean, go keep buying copies of the book because it's still relevant but uh I, you know i think Puig's got to do a little more to to get in the book and hope but hopefully he will hopefully he'll come back and do well uh, matt sheary asks if you had to go on a road trip from california to maine with any current reds player who would you pick these are the current reds that are 56 and 63 fourth place in the national league central five and a half percent odds still to make the playoffs somehow if you had to go from 
on a road trip from California to Maine with any current Reds player, who would you pick? Oh, man, I think it's, uh, to me, it's pretty clear. Probably going to be Votto, Joey Votto. But if yeah, could, that, that was going to be my pick, too. If you could give me Jesse Winker and Amir Garrett, though, I may have to take that duo, that dynamic duo. I, I think that I could just sit there and drive for, I don't know, 700 straight hours and talk about baseball with Joey Votto and never get bored. I agree. Yeah, I think so. Like, I, I, I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like that I could just pick his brain and just listen to him talk about hitting forever and just and he'd, he'd have something he'd never repeat himself he'd have different things to say the whole time yeah yeah there's some other guys though uh Eugenio suarez suarez would be the guy that would want to stop every you know 75 miles or so at whatever the you know local uh, uh tourist attraction is to take pictures and enjoy you know and uh, talk to people and he just seems like such a personable guy suarez would be fun um is, is puig still on the team no oh yeah Sad face. Sad face. Uh, there's one guy, though, that I think we're forgetting. Clearly, clearly we'd like to, the number one, over even over Votto, Freddie Galvis. <laughs> you know, I'm on baseball reference right now, and I'm looking through the <laughs> roster, and I saw Freddie Galvis. I was like, you know, maybe he could, because I don't know. I, I know next to nothing about him other than, you know, his stats, because he's been here for two days. Yeah, he, he might. He might be, you know, he might be fun. Who knows? Uh, all right, anyway, so we're both going to go with Joey Votto on that one. Although I'm a, a solid, uh, he's number one, solid 1A to me, is uh, Winker and Garrett. John Sheary, in a response to that post, asks, how much money would it take to do that same road trip above with Tom Brenneman? Let's see, I'm 35. I want to retire when I'm 40. Like three million bucks. <laughs> wow. Um, I'm not going to answer that question. Marty Brenneman's been very nice to me, so I'm not going to answer that question. Look, I have nothing against Tom as far as a person. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 you know, if we're just, it's a fake question. If somebody wants to give me $3 million, I know you're listening, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> we can make this happen. I heard, uh, you remember that movie, The Bee Movie? Remember that movie, Jerry Seinfeld's movie, B movie? Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah, great movie. He said that if he does a, a sequel, the villain in that movie is going to be Jeff Bezos. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's a great dad Sorry. joke. I yeah, love it. It is. It really is. Joe Farsing asks, can your sequel to The Big 50 be about the biggest number 50 in Red's history? Jonathan Broxton. He said maybe the epilogue can be about Dan Serafini. Uh, do you have any thoughts about that? I mean, I think that's a question for the author, oh, right? Yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> well, I'm gonna. Here's another uh, way that I'm gonna geek out a little bit because I'm a I'm a uniform number geek, which is I know this is embarrassing, but um, I, I, I like following who all uh, wears certain numbers, and I've got the list of everybody that's worn number fifty for the Reds. The very first person to wear number fifty, Willard Hershberger. It's a sad Ooh. name in Reds what? history. Oh, I thought that was a legendary name in, in Red's history. It's kind of legendary, but isn't he the isn't he the catcher that committed suicide as a while he was a Red? Well, see now I just feel terrible because I really didn't have any idea who he was, and yeah. this is embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for me and my family I'm right so, now. I'm sorry, Doug. We need to maybe edit that out. Um, a couple no, years. No, uh, we 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 got to leave it in there. <laughs> there you go. Fourteen years later, Rogers Hornsby wore it when he was a coach for the Reds, manager, and then as a coach. 
Rogers Hornsby Hall of Famer. What do you think about that? I do know that one. You've heard of him? I, I, I have heard of him. <laughs> uh, what, Brad the Animal Leslie wore it in the mid-'80s. Um, let's see who else. David Wells. Good old David Wells. David Wells. Um, Tom Hume wore it briefly at the, as a, when he was here as a coach. Uh, Scott Service. Remember, hey, remember Rob Bell? I do. He I wore, do remember Rob Bell. He wore that. Uh, Brian Reith. None of these guys are bigger than Jonathan Broxton, though. <laughs> Has there been many players bigger than Jonathan Broxton that weren't named Jumbo? No, that's true. Kent Merker? Oh, here you go. Here comes my favorite, number 50. Jerry Naren. Ooh, Jerry Naren. There's there's a name I forgot about for a while. He's on the short list for worst Reds managers ever. Really, the short list is Bob Boom, but he's on the next <laughs> short list... He's the on the other worst. short yeah. list. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Kent Merker wore it three different times with the Reds. Three I different. Mean, well, that's weird. Did, I mean, did he wear it everywhere else he went to? Like, was that his number? It must have been. I don't know. Uh, Lance Nix. Russ Springer, the knuckleballer. Here we go. Dontrell Willis. Ooh, that guy could rake. Dontrell Willis. Neftali Soto. He is raking just in Japan. Yeah. And uh, somebody named Diane Diaz in 2016. I, I remember that guy. I don't. I honest, honest to God, I don't remember him playing for the Reds. I remember <laughs> him playing for Louisville, but I remember him. Uh, so we just—I uh, don't remember him at all. But he evidently he did play for the Reds, and he wore number 50. So Joe, good question. Uh, I think Jonathan Broxton is the biggest number 50 in Reds history, and no, probably not going to be the sequel. Not just about Jonathan Broxton. Maybe about uniform numbers. We'll see. Andrew Scott Wills. This is a tough question. Andrew Scott Wills asked at Patreon, if Hollywood made a movie about the 1869 Cincinnati Red Stockings, which they obviously should, who should they cast? Hmm. I mean, I know who they shouldn't cast. Who should they not cast? Matthew Lillard. Matthew. Who has the absolute worst swing, the most unathletic athlete in a movie i've ever seen in my life i i cannot i will never forgive the casting director for having him play baseball in the movie summer catch i can't i can't oh it's so bad summer catch well you dropped that one on us matthew Lillard wasn't he also uh shaggy he was in the scooby-doo movies where he was much better suited jinkies um yeah uh okay so not him We've ruled him out. We're going to rule John Goodman out, who was the worst Babe Ruth ever in, in his movie, <laughs> The Babe. Great in other movies and television, but just disgusting there. Fantastic as uh, as Walter in The Big Lebowski. Yes. Um, you're out of your element, Donnie. So who's going to play George Wright, the star shortstop? This is so tough because... As a baseball person, I'm thinking like, okay, who's a good enough actor but is also athletic enough to play shortstop? And that's just, that's tough. I'm going to go with that's... Ryan Reynolds. That's the guy that plays Deadpool, right? <laughs> that is the guy that plays Deadpool, yes. He's, he's funny as Deadpool. But then he was like the Green Lantern or somebody too, and that was pretty rotten. Uh, yeah, I'm going to not put that one on him given the rest of his work, though. I agree, uh, I agree. That was, I'll, I'll say that that was, that was somebody else's problem and he just didn't. <laughs> He did enough that he could cash the check. Good point. We're veering uh, dangerously into movie territory, Doug, like we did the last time we talked. 
Um, I'm just trying to think of someone that's a you know youngish, but uh, could credibly play an athlete. Ryan Gosling could he play an athlete? I don't know. He was good as Neil Armstrong in that uh, First Man movie last year. Uh, yeah. See here, here's here's the issue that I'm running into. I feel like in 1869, guys that were 30 looked like they were 55 years old, and we. People don't look like that anymore. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Maybe we need to put Kevin Costner in there playing a you know twenty eight year old in eighteen sixty nine. Um, what about this? How about this? It's an it's an alternate reality, like a Quentin Tarantino version of the movie, and we've got Chadwick Boseman playing. You know, uh, he's he's uh, Doug Allison, the catcher on that team. I'm in. I, I'm all for that. Movie stars named Chadwick. Sign me up. <laughs> I see what I see. What's going on here? I didn't put that together at first. There you go. <laughs> I'm a little slow today. Uh, so who's going to play Cal McVeigh? It's got to be uh, Melissa McCarthy, right? I mean, if we're going to go alternate universe, sure. Yeah, listen, this is going to be a madcap comedy. That Melissa McCarthy's funny. Who's Very. The, who's the uh, the woman from uh, Saturday Night Live? That's uh, not really been in any good movies yet, but she's hilarious. Catherine McKinnon. Kate McKinnon, yes. Kate McKinnon, yeah, we got to put her in. She's gonna be Fred. She can play Fred Waterman, third baseman. I mean, look, all I'm saying is the last time she got cast in a movie that should have or was supposed to have men in it, I'm talking about Ghostbusters, people got really upset about that. Like, are we are we are we ruining this movie for a lot of people beforehand? Or well, the people that hated that movie because there were women in it. Well, I they're t- I, they're idiots. But I don't care. The people that hated that movie because it really wasn't that good. How that, dare you? <laughs> that movie really wasn't that good. Uh, and I think every one of those actor, actors that they cast in that movie are hilarious. Every one of them. But eh, that movie was not really, really yeah, the, well. the script. The script was really bad. Yeah, it was It was bad. So uh, not well executed. So, all right. Well, last one. Charlie Sweezy. We're going to go with uh, who's the kid that plays uh, Spider-Man now? Um, no, nah, he's probably going to play. Mid- Cal- Middleton? Nah, I don't know what the kid's name oh. is. Is that right? I don't know. Tom Middleton, is that right? I've never heard that name in my life. I have no I might be making it up. I think you just made a name up like you do for your minor league players. I wish uh, we had Giant Asian Man here. Now that sounds bad just to say it like that. Yeah, but you, you need to explain that one to people that don't get the reference. <laughs> yeah, at Giant Asian Man on Twitter. Go follow him. Great follow. Uh, he's, our, he's my go-to guy for comic book stuff. Uh, him and, and our buddy Woo the Reds, who we have a, a uh, one of our patrons. We have a question from him coming up later. Uh, they're my, they're my go-to guys, but um, they would know the name of the man. That last Spider-Man movie was good. I have not seen it yet. Away from home, it was. I'm, I'm not a comic book movie guy necessarily, but I see them all because about seventy-five percent of them are entertaining. And that one was uh, was in particular pretty good. Ah, anyway, whatever. We're going far too uh, far, way too Tom, far down that uh, rabbit hole. So, Tom Holland. That's what Tom Holland yes. exactly. Yes. Now, Tom Middleton is an actual famous person, just not the one we were talking about. What about Tom Hiddleston? Isn't he like a? He's an actor. That sounds vaguely familiar yeah. too. Anyway, whatever. So uh, that's a difficult question that we spent far too much time on. If you have a problem with it, blame Andrew Scott Wills. Nathan Sturworth asks, which of the following players that played for the Reds between 1990 and 2010 should be considered for the Reds Hall of Fame? Now I know which one on this list that he that he named. Should be the first person to go into this group, but which of these players that he names should be considered for the Reds Hall of Fame? Let's take them one by one. Aaron Boone. Am I, am I going yes or no on this? Yeah. What do you think? 
I'm probably top, going. Th- top, top. I'm probably going thumbs down on Aaron Boone. Uh, top of my head, I was thinking yes, but I'll say yeah. I'm still going yes. He's borderline. Yeah, my 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 threshold's pretty low for for Reds Hall of Fame because Ron Oster's in, who we love, but come on. Um, I don't know. Boone wasn't here that long. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I could be talked into him. I'm not against that. If he gets elected, I'm not going to be upset about it. But uh, the next one is the is the guy that absolutely it's a crime he's not already in Reggie Sanders. So you know what my opinion is on this one. Uh, I'll I'll agree with you. Yes, he's he a slam dunk. Absolutely, Hal Morris. Again, top of my head said yes. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, Danny Graves. Absolutely. I mean, I know the answer is yes. His time here didn't end well, but he was successful for much of his tenure here. I know that the answer is yes with Danny Graves, and he will get in eventually. But he tries really hard as a radio broadcaster, and that's all I'm going to say about that. You know, I mean, I don't. I'm not sure why he is one of the radio broadcasters, and and I'm not. I, I mean, clearly, that, I, this is a valid point you're bringing up right now. They they let Jeff Brantley do it with his ridiculous accent. I could be the Wait, mini, mini cowboy. You guys have accents? <laughs> oh, Doug! No wonder you're my favorite. Uh, so yeah, Danny Graves is a yes, although I'm not happy about it. The last one, Aaron Harang. Unquestionably, without a I, doubt. I mean, he—I I think he's the one that deserves it the most of everyone on that list. Now I'm going with Reggie Sanders, but I—I uh, I think Aaron Harang oh. is right there with him. I've got a soft spot for Aaron Harang. I do too. No, I, mean, I think Aaron Harang never got as much credit as he should have. He played on some awful teams. He was—you uh, know—he was a an elite pitcher for a short period of time, and always a great guy. Great red, love him. Uh. Joe Farsing asked, where's Josias Manzanillo or Jimmy Haynes? Well, they, they should both be in. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just my my response to that is Homer Simpson backing up into the bushes. <laughs> I, Jimmy Haynes, though, I got a picture of Jimmy Haynes pitching on the wall of my uh, of my office. Why, Chad? Why? Because he threw the first pitch at Great American Ballpark. Okay. I, I've got the panoramic of the first pitch at Great American Ballpark in my, uh, in my chambers. And uh, so Jimmy Haynes lives on forever. So, um, Rich Thompson. <laughs> this is one uh, that uh, I, I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Here's a fun thought. Due to Red Leg Nation's undeniable popularity, it is undeniable, what if a legitimate producer approached and said, hey, I would like to develop either a television show or movie based on the premise of your website and podcast? In addition, the producer says this to you, to sweeten the deal, I will even take your input on what actors you might like to play your characters. So his questions are, number one, would you be open to such a proposal? And two, if yes, what actors would you like to see play your characters? Well, I mean, first off, yes, of course, because you get money for those things. And I don't know about anybody else, but I got bills to pay. Yeah, that's 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 worth uh, signing uh, some contracts. I mean, it, the second thing is, is like, what's, what's the bad that could possibly come out of that? It's not like people are going to not want to show up to the website or listen to the podcast because you know they didn't like the tv show yeah the bad part of it is they may put something in the script that's embarrassing to us personally 
Although I, but know. would it would it be more embarrassing than things that I've done to myself publicly <laughs> on Twitter.com? Would it? <laughs> but, but the flip side is, there's no downside for the the site or the podcast because more people would find out about the site and the podcast. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, so the answer is yes to the first one. Uh, so, what actors do you want to see uh, see play you? Mm. Let's let's talk about uh, Bill Lack first of all. Okay. Bill, Bill Lack, we've got to have some grumpy uh, old guy. I'm thinking like a Wilford Brimley. Can can Bill play himself? <laughs> Maybe because he's a pretty good grumpy. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I'm willing to let Bill double dip on this and get a paycheck for that too. He can barely speak uh, so that you can understand him on this podcast. He's not going to be able to act. It would be very true to character, though. Maybe. How about we go for somebody like? Uh, uh, is Robert Duvall still acting? Is, he, is Robert Duvall still mm. alive? I think he is. <laughs> I'm going to say Robert Duvall for Bill Lack, although he has more hair than Robert Duvall. And this is a really expensive television show out of nowhere. I like oh, it. Man, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Uh, Netflix original. Um, Jason Linden. I'm going with the guy. Uh, what's the guy's name? Um, he played uh, Zuckerberg. And he was in Zombieland. Oh, Je- Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg. Sort of a thoughtful, you know, guy. I could see him playing a a, a literature professor, you know, and uh, who just is in love with baseball on the side. That's, that's who I'm going with. Um, what do you think for you? Oh, see, now I'm double-checking a name just to make sure that I, I get it right. I'm going to go with Thomas Middleditch for me. I have no idea who that is, and I don't think it's a real oh. person. Um, Silicon Valley. Yeah, I didn't see that, but what's his name again? Let me look him up here while we're talking. Uh, Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Middleditch? Middleditch. Oh, my goodness. That is a fantastic name. Thomas Middleditch. Yeah, Funny connection. He's going to be in the new Zombieland movie. Ooh, Zombieland. That's a, the first movie was fantastic. Um, I don't think I've ever seen that guy in my life. Really? Man, Chad, you need to watch more movies. <laughs> I don't think that's true at all. <laughs> I need to watch fewer movies. For me, you know, I started to say George Clooney is who I would pick because who doesn't love George Clooney? But the truth of the matter is the actor that should play my character, Melissa McCarthy. (laughs) Thomas Dennis asks, are you an Apple guy or Android PC? And I love this one because it happens to be me and you on here. We've had this conversation. So let's go ahead and do that. And then he has something else. Uh, Are you an Apple guy or Android PC? I am absolutely 100% Apple fanboy. I'm absolutely not. You're an Android guy. Unfortunately, yes. What kind of see when you answer it like that? It's clear you should be an Apple guy. Look, I I just want earpods, man. Like that's that's all they've got going for them. But my goodness, they are fantastic. <laughs> I've not tried the earpods yet. I'm afraid I'd lose. Oh, them. you're missing out. Um, yeah, I used to be an Android guy, and then I got my first iPhone, and I was like, what? You know, who needs the hassle of the Android? I think you just had the wrong Android. Well, possibly. But uh, anyway, Apple. Also, Thomas asks, by the way, Thomas Dennis. Here, let me tell you why I love this guy. Two first names. Thomas Dennis. Well, he could be Dennis Thomas, and nobody would know the difference. They're, they're both he, first names, and they're both last names. I mean, that's he rare. Would, he would know the difference. That's true. That's true. And all his friends. Um, Thomas asks, also, Billings is making a run at the Pioneer League Championship, so I'm sure you would agree that we should bring uh, Nick Lodolo and some guys back down. 
Before you groan and tell me how nuts I am, the last teams to make a run had guys like Joey Votto, Jay Bruce, and Travis Wood. Win early, win often. Okay, go ahead and tell me how ridiculous you think I am. Hashtag go Mustangs. Hashtag Hick from Montana. I'm pretty sure that the Billings Mustangs have been to the Pioneer League Championship game twice, or series twice, since that Votto, Bruce, Travis Wood team. So let's 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 start there. That's a good team, um, though. <laughs> it was, yeah, Gosh. that was a good team. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that I'm going to side with the Reds on keeping Nick Lodolo out for the rest of the year just because for as much as I like the Billings Mustangs, I like the Reds a lot more. He's an awfully important <laughs> asset too. Uh, he he is definitely an important player to kind of try and keep healthy and I mean hopefully get up to Cincinnati pretty soon. Let's talk quickly about Lodolo. Although I'm all for uh, Billings uh Thomas, I'm all for Billings being competitive. I love that and uh I love the hashtag hick from Montana. I'm gonna start using the hashtag hick from Virginia on my posts. Um Nick Lodolo you and I had the conversation. We don't need to rehash it about you know why he was in Billings and why wasn't he uh, pushed up earlier or whatever. I think, though, that uh, I would disagree with the way the Reds handled him, but I think we also have to concede that the end of this season, they've shut him down now, that it was a highly successful first season, more successful than I even would have expected, even though I thought they started even lower than they should have. And uh, I'm extremely excited to see what he can do next year. Same. Uh, I'm just going to toss one little quick stat out there. Chad, he walked as many batters as you and I did this year, and we didn't pitch. So I'm pretty sure I walked a few, even though I didn't pitch. <laughs> well, fine. He walked as many guys as I did. I didn't walk any. <laughs> um, yeah, no. I mean, he just he pounded the zone. He struck guys out. And, again, that's why I thought he was pitching at below his capabilities coming from a big-time college league. But either way. Uh, they've limited his innings. They've shut him down, which is all good. But I, you know, he's going to start where? You think he's going to start high A next year? Uh, at the very least, it, it honestly wouldn't surprise me if he started next year in Double A. I mean, we we don't really have a good feel for how the current uh, farm director handles guys like this because this is his first year and he didn't step into the job this year with a guy like Nicoladolo. So we we don't really know how they'll go about handling some things like this. In the past, I would have said Daytona, you know, moving forward. I, I, I just right. don't know because there, there's no track record to right. kind of be like, oh, well, this is how they handled so-and-so. I'll tell you this. If they start him at AA Chattanooga next year, we're going to get on the podcast again, and I'm just going to uh, be delighted the entire time. It's going to spend the whole I, time just laughing, cackling maniacally. Maybe we could podcast from the stands from his first start oh. in Chattanooga. Oh, my goodness. I'm getting excited. Oh, Thomas, thank you for uh, that question. R.C. Courtright, again, we've got some great names among our uh, our patrons. R.C. Courtright asks, if everything goes well in an offseason where one would expect the Reds to try to build a playoff contender, which of the rookies who have made contributions this year would you expect to be on the opening day roster in 2020? Now, as we answer that question, don't go on your rant yet because that's our next question. Okay. But which of the rookies who have made contributions this year would you expect to be on the opening day roster 2020? Let me give it, take a first stab at this. Um, Nixon Zell. They can't keep him down for service time again, can they? <laughs> I mean, technically they can. They won't, but they, they can. As things stand right now, Aristides Aquino, I would expect him to be on the opening day roster. Um. Even if they acquire someone, I would expect him to be on the opening day roster. Um, 
Josh Van Meter. And, you know, who are the other rookies that have played? Brian O'Grady? No, I don't expect him to be here. Kyle Farmer. Kyle Farmer. Is he a rookie, technically? Technically, he's a rookie, yes. Yeah, I can see Kyle Farmer being here. He's been a pretty good backup guy. You know, he's is what he is. He's not been great, but he's been fine. Plays a bunch of different positions, so I, uh, he might be the guy I would squeeze at. I'm not going to yeah, bet the he, ranch he, on Yeah, him. He's, he's kind of that, that fringy, yeah. could-go-either-way kind of guy. He'll be the 25th guy. Um, do you agree with those? You think they all got? A, I think they all got. A, yeah. Other than Cal yeah. Farmer, they've all got a really I, good chance of being here. I mean, I, Aquino is one of those guys that I mean, you can kind of see it both ways. I mean, obviously, if he keeps doing what he's doing, of course he's going to be there. But if he cools off over the next six weeks, I mean, you could maybe see where they go into the off season. And depending on how things shake out, you know, he gets squeezed just because he's a guy that would have options. Unfortunately, that yeah. happens to guys. I mean, you have to Philip Urban this year, despite the fact that he absolutely killed the ball in the spring, and uh, you know he's he's played pretty well since being in the big leagues this year too. But unfortunately, he's the guy that had options, so they they had to send somebody down. It's a great point. It's going to depend on if, who they acquire, if anyone that can play outfield. I was just thinking of Aquino. At the very least, he could be your fifth outfielder. Uh, but then again, with the way rosters get squeezed, I don't know if there's going to be a, enough room for a fifth outfielder. Uh, especially if you got a guy like Josh Van Meter who can play out there and Derek Dietrich who can play out there. So, yeah, Aquino could get squeezed out depending on what he does the rest of the year. Or he could be, uh, by the end of the season, they may go ahead and decide to put him into the Reds Hall of Fame. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I think that it, when, when he finishes this year and has 36 home runs for the Cincinnati Reds, they'll <laughs> probably just, you know, have the Hall of Fame induction right before opening day next year. Did you see? Uh, did you see J.J. Cooper? the executive editor of Baseball America. Do you see his notes that he posted on Twitter of about Aquino when he saw him back in 2013, back when Aquino was 19 years old? Did you see that? I, I have seen those, yes. Oh, it was, it was really interesting to watch because he, he, was, he was sort of raving over him. Uh, he said, very hard worker. He had all the, all the sort of the high points that I want to hear. Very hard worker. Uh, sometimes I think he overdid it at points. Uh, that cost him in billings, he said, but... Uh, his first time in front of the crowd is adrenaline, but then he says, what a special talent. Uh, great makeup, very intelligent, right on top of it, makes adjustments at the plate, realizes what pitchers are trying to do to him. He had a, two bad years, the last two years, in all, both in A before this season, that really sort of dropped him off everyone's radar. Um, but the year before that, he was uh, the Florida State League Player of the Year and the Res Minor League uh, Player of the Year. And, I, you know, I don't know what to expect of him. I don't know that he's going to be what people are all of a sudden are hoping him to be. But on the other hand, he he's one of these five-tool guys that if he has really figured it out and this stance is such a drastic change that I could see him being a guy, you know, for um, – I think maybe you were the one who uh, mentioned the name Adam Duvall. I could see him being an Adam Duvall type at his – maybe maybe that's his floor. What do you think? Uh, yeah, Adam Duvall is the guy that I've thrown out uh, much to the uh, dismay of quite a few people who didn't want to hear that because somehow – being Adam Duvall is a disappointment. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand. Like the guy was an all star who hit thirty home runs. Like yeah, no, if, I mean, if, if if that's the comparison you're making, th- there's nothing wrong with that. Not everybody can be, you know, Mike Trout. Like they they just can't be. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that that's kind of the guy that you're looking at as, as a a reasonable expectation. He, he's yes, got that yes, kind of power, and he's not going to walk much. And he's he's going to strike out a lot. I mean, even you know this year in AAA, he's striking out 25% of the time. His strikeout rate hasn't changed in five or six years in the minor leagues. It's always been 25, 26%. Uh, 
That's what it is this year. The big difference this year is he's hidden. I mean, he's on pace to hit 60 home runs in 60 or 600 plate appearances. Like it's just the power has gone to a a different level than it's ever been at before. He went from being a guy that has all star power to 1998 Mark McGuire power. Yeah, no, I mean, so, and the so power is real. It's always been there. It's just he's had a hard time harnessing that, right? I, I mean, I don't even want to say he's had a hard time harnessing it. Yeah. I mean, because he was a guy level. that was hitting, yeah, yeah, I mean, he was a guy that was hitting, you know, 20 to 25 home runs in really tough ballparks to hit home runs in. Like, the Reds farm system doesn't really have a good hitter's park except for Billings. Yeah, so so he's a guy who's having a, a tough time in some other areas maybe, but the power, you're right, the power was there. Uh, he wasn't getting on base at all. His average dipped really low. But he figured out how to take that power to another level. And he's clearly seeing seeing the ball better with his new stance opening up so much. But you're right. Yeah, he's going to strike I, out. He's going to, you know, he is who he is in some ways. But I don't know. I think there's a chance that he becomes, you know, uh, I, I, don't, I think Adam Duvall is probably a reasonable projection. But I think there's a not insignificant chance that he becomes you know a better player than that which well then you're talking about you know a really good you know we're not not again not mike trout but a really good contributor to some good reds teams in the next four or five years Here, here's the thing that i i've noticed this year watching him and i i've probably watched i don't know 60 of his games so far this year he doesn't miss mistakes in the strike zone anymore yeah i mean there's a reason he's got 37 home runs between triple a and the major leagues this year oh and by the way he missed almost an entire month of the minor league season, and he's still got that many home runs this year. Uh, he's not missing mistakes right now. I mean, it, really, at any point this year. And I, and I think you're right. I mean, if he's a guy that, let's let's just say, he's a 40-home run guy instead of a 30-home run guy like Duvall was, I mean, that means he's a 265 hitter. That's a 330 on-base percentage. That's a very different player than, say, Adam Duvall. Right, yeah, yeah. He's I mean, a guy. That, that, now you're talking about a guy who is legitimately an all-star in every every season like that's i mean that that's a legitimate all-star if you're going to be 265 330 with 40 home runs i mean that's what a 550 slugging percentage yeah. give or take i mean that's right. that's a legitimate player uh but i, I think that that's going to be that's got to be what you need out of aristides aquino to be more than an adam duvall somebody who's going to hit for you know, legitimate elite major league power and, and that's that, and that, that, that's not something that is totally unexpected or you know unbelievable for him. Like we've seen it. I mean, the guy's got it. Yeah, well, whether he can consistently do that in the big leagues, um, but even you know if it's if he's Adam Duvall for the next two years, you know that's a guy that what's, can help can help this team. Yeah, what's what's wrong with that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have any issue with that. So anyway, whatever. We're getting a little bit of ahead of ourselves on all that, but uh, boy, he's just been fun to watch. And I'm excited, and I love the fact that you know you've seen a bunch of things written about him in the last few weeks. And uh, um, uh, most of these things you've seen written by the beat writers and the guys, the athletic, whatever, but um, they have quotes from his teammates and we already know about his, uh, his, you know, he's always smiling, always having fun, but his teammates love him. They, every one of them are like, he's just the greatest guy. And so I'm just, I'm, you know, whether he becomes anything at all, whether he, if he's just a fifth outfielder, I'm absolutely a, a fully paid member of the Aristides Aquino fan club because he's the type of guy I like to root for and, and baseball supposed to be fun, right? It it isn't supposed to be fun. It is fun, Chad. Yeah, you're and I will argue with anybody about that one. All right. Well, you know, since we're on that topic, let's. I want to hear you go on a rant. Woo the Reds asks at Patreon.com/slash Redleg Radio. Woo the Reds. Follow him at Woo the Reds on Twitter. He's a guy who won't reveal his name to anyone. 
Well, his name is Wu the Reds. Ooh. Like, he legally changed it. You didn't know that? Wu is his first name, and the Reds is his last name, or? The is his middle name. Oh, Reds is his last name. Okay. Yeah, I, I'll try and track down the newspaper where he had to put, he had to post the announcement. Excellent. All right. He asks, can Doug go on a rant about Josh Van Meter's playing time? Others can feel free to join in as well. Oh, so he gave me permission to talk on my podcast, too. Oh, excellent. But, Doug, uh, you're going to go on a rant now about Josh Van Meter's playing time, and I'm going to agree with you 100%, so let it roll. Okay, so when the Reds acquired Freddie Galvis, I was fine with that move. Freddie Galvis is a quality major league player. I think that he's a average, fringe average, starting caliber shortstop. Uh, whenever you can add guys like that, I'm all for it, because there are very few teams in Major League Baseball who can't use a legitimate upgrade on their team for someone like Freddie Galvis. I still can't believe he was out there for basically picking up his salary. Baseball's so, weird these days. I don't understand it, all this stuff. It, it, it is weird, Chad. I don't get it. Uh, but here's the thing that I also didn't get. It seems that the Reds decided that Freddie Galvis is going to be their second baseman most days, and that's where I get confused because at that point you're basically saying that Jose Iglesias, who, again, a fine Major League Baseball player, nothing wrong with having him on the team, he brings value. He's, he's a, a quality major leaguer. Uh, and Freddie Galvis, who we just talked about, are going to be taking away at-bats and playing time from Josh Van Meter at second base. Now, that alone is an issue because I think that Josh Van Meter should be playing second base every single day. Uh, uh, the guy has absolutely raked for the last 13 months between AAA and major leagues. He's 24 years old. There's a clear difference in the player he is today than the player he was two years ago. Um, I... I, I just I don't understand why you wouldn't be playing him every day. He doesn't have splits. You know, it, this year in AAA, his OPS against left-handers was over 1,200. Uh, so he actually hit lefties better than he hit righties, but he's been barely playing against lefties. So I'm confused how a team that has been so analytically in their approach and breaking down, you know, the lineups has basically not let him play against left-handers. Um, but not only does Josh Van Meter not getting full-time at second base take away his playing time, they said that Josh Meter is going to place him in the outfield, which means he's taking away time from Nick Senzel, Jesse Winker, Philip Irvin, and Aristides Aquino, too. What's going on? We're talking about those, those guys are going to lose playing time so you can play two 29-year-old guys who, one, you picked up on waivers last week with a career on base percentage under 300, and one guy you signed to a minor league contract this offseason who's a free agent at the end of the year. And it's not like either one of those guys have really had a breakout year. Uh, Jose Iglesias is, you know, he's hitting 290-something, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But he's, I mean, he's a, what, 730 OPS guy in his absolute best days? Uh, I don't understand, Chad. If you, you know, if you sign Galvis with the idea that, you know, Iglesias is, has been what he is, Galvis is kind of the same value player. He gets there a little differently. He's got more pop. Uh, pretty good defensively, maybe not quite as good as uh, Glacius. But I don't know. I think ultimately with the value you bring to the team, they're, they're kind of simi- similar. And maybe you acquire that guy thinking, you know, Glacius is gone at the end of the year. Here's a guy that we could have uh, team control over for next year too and, and, you know, might be in the mix for the role that we thought Glacius was going to be in coming into this season or maybe be the starting shortstop. And I think we could probably live with Freddie Galvis as the starting shortstop, it's, you know, I would prefer maybe some other options, but I could live with it. I, I'm I'm like you. I don't with Van Meter, kind of like Aquino. There is a there's a, a point 
a line in the sand where at this point they made he made specific changes like Aquino did to his uh, swing to his approach and we have these results afterwards now do we know if those are, are real and if they'll be sustainable in the, in the big leagues no we don't know that yet early returns are pretty good he's, he's been pretty good since he came to the Reds I don't understand in this season when your other options are Freddie Galvis and you know Jose Peraza at second base I don't understand why you're not playing him every day because number one he's been he's been producing against lefties and righties but number two if you're not giving away anything in terms of production why not test him out for a couple months and see if there's a possibility that all this the swing change in the production are actually real and he could be your starting second baseman for the next few years I mean it's a low-cost highly productive second baseman if he can handle that and again I'm like you I don't I don't I can't think the Reds have more information than we do and, and I don't know what they're thinking sometimes and Often, uh, I'm sure they don't know what I'm thinking. But that one doesn't make any sense to me. Josh Van Meter should be playing 90% of the games at second base just to see if he can handle it defensively and if his, uh, you know, if, if the swing changes are real. So I'm with you on that one. For the first time ever, Doug, we agree. It's about time. It is about time. John Sheary asks, who's the better broadcaster, Jim Day or Tom Brenneman? I like I I have no problem with Jim Day. I know a lot of people don't like him for whatever reason. It's not their style. I but I I have no problem with Jim Day as the broadcaster. People don't like Jim Day. I, that's what I've learned on Twitter.com. But to be fair, yeah. I'm sure that I could find anything on Twitter.com about anybody. Uh, let me say that about Jim. Uh, I, I like Jim Day. Uh, I like his podcast. I like his personality. He seems like a decent guy. Um, I think he's better than I expected as a uh, play-by-play guy. And But I, I think that none of these guys we're talking about, my biggest issue is Chris Welsh prepares for every broadcast. And if you haven't listened to our interview with Chris Welsh on the last episode, you're missing out. It's a great interview. One of the best one Chris has ever done, best interviews Chris has done with us, and he's been on the since the beginning of the podcast, he's been with us every single year, at least once or twice. Um, he really gets prepared, and that's what I how I judge a broadcaster. It's the Vin Scully test. Are you getting prepared for the broadcast? And let me just say this. I don't have any issues with Jim Day, but Chris Welsh by far prepares, and that's my biggest problem with certain broadcasters. Um, that's all I'm going to say, because Marty Brenneman is my favorite broadcaster in the history of baseball, and... Uh, whether you agree with him or disagree with him, he does prepare, and he's very good technically at his game, even though maybe, I, I will concede, he doesn't, uh, he maybe not has, has not gone along with the times as much as, but I think that's every, not every broadcast, but a lot of broadcasters around the league. But at least he's technically good at the game, at the at the broadcast. So that's all I'm going to say. I said more than I wanted to. Thank you for writing the forward to our book, The Big 50, Marty Brenneman. Joe, oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, so we're gonna. We're just gonna jump in here. Tucker Barnhart just got hit in the head with a fastball. Oh no! As a as a hitter, he seems to be okay. I don't know what you were saying. Yes, sorry, but yeah, I, I do have the game on, and that's always a terrifying Ugh. thing. That was just a reaction to. Can I say here that we talked earlier about the Reds need to upgrade at catcher, but I am a, again a fully paid member of the Tucker Barnhart fan club. There's nothing to dislike about that guy. I think the Reds need to try to upgrade if they can. Let Tucker be the backup. He'd be a great backup. But uh, anyway, I hope he's okay. Yikes. 
I'm not watching the game right now. Am I, am I a bad Reds fan because I'm not watching the game? You are not, Chad. You are not. Joe Farsing asks, which Red, past or present, did you love to hate the most? I'm granting that the worst MLB player is about 500 times better at their job than I am at mine. My guy was Todd Coffey. Which Red, past or present, did you love to hate the most? You want to take this one here? Let me take this one first. You can take this one first. I've got to think about it for okay. a minute. I'm going to say that there's only one guy I can think of that I quote unquote love to hate the most. Most, most guys, I just, I don't, I can't use that term. I don't, you know, if they're trying hard for, to do the best they can for the Reds, you know, I just, I, I don't know. I, I have a, I have a fond memory of almost every Red. If I feel like they were really going all out, there's one Red that I never got the sense that he was giving 100% that I can remember in my lifetime. And that's Willie Tavares, who was a center fielder for the team and just the, one of the worst the leadoff hitters we've ever seen. He kind of had a tendency to dog it, and I didn't always feel like he was giving a full effort. If you're not going to go all out, yeah, I'm not. I'm going to love to hate you, I guess. But everybody else, even if they screw up, you know, uh, if I played for the Reds, I would really try my hardest, but I'd be awful. But, you know, it is what it is. They shouldn't have put me in. So uh, that's that's my answer. But uh, you may take the question a different way and may have a different uh, different answer. I mean, hate is a very strong word. I don't, I, I don't like using that word for non-actual terrible people. Like uh, me. <laughs> definitely not like you, Jed. Oh, oh sorry. But I'll, I'll, I'll say this much. After the playoffs in 1995, your favorite player, I, I just... Don't you... What? Oh, it hurt. It, no. I could, no. I, it, no. It, hurt, it hurt to look at. I won't, I won't even say his name. We all know. Uh, it was painful. It was painful. All right, Doug, you're dead to me. All right, so let's take uh, some more. We're going to have to, <laughs> we've gone further, so we're going to have to do some rapid fire. I never okay. know how to do rapid fire viewer mail questions because I always talk too much. But let's try to do some rapid fire viewer mail questions from Twitter.com. Twitter.com slash RedLegRadio where you can follow us. And if you submit your questions, hashtag viewer mail may get answered on the podcast. Chris C., Chris Cot- at Cotman26 asks, this front office has shown it's finally willing to do what it takes to put together a better team, judging by the growing list of former 2019 Reds. With that in mind, what's your biggest, parentheses, realistic, daydream move they could make this winter? What do you think? Also, I, he also I, says he called the Galvis pickup, so good for him. I'll, I'll, I'll say Didi Gregorius. Didi I mean, I, Gregorius. I, 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 don't, I, I don't think that that's, I mean, I guess we're going to go dream scenario trade for Francisco Lindor. But I, I mean, that's. I'm not sure that's realistic at this point. I was going to say sign Garrett Cole. I mean, I wouldn't be against it at all, and I like <laughs> it better than my non Francisco Lindor yeah, idea. But realistic is the question, and I don't know that. The, I mean, if the Reds are going to go all out to sign someone, they're going to have a decent rotation. I would expect they've got to go to uh, improve the lineup. I like that one, D.D. Gregorius. Um, I think what we talked about earlier, Gregorius and. and and Grandal, I think that's realistic, so to speak, depending on how you define realistic. And and I think it really improves the team. So I think that's, that, that's a huge splash that I think gets everyone excited about next year, and also gets the Reds on the uh, on the radar, right? In, in terms of uh, around baseball. Yeah. Jeff Carr, who his you know Jeff, the host of the Locked On Reds podcast, who uh, we love, but uh, and and love the podcast, but. Has he noticed he has three F's in his name on Twitter? 
Uh, I believe he has because I'm pretty sure that our good friend Philip Razor oh, you mentioned teases Phil. him about that. I did. I'm sorry. Oh, well. Hashtag Razor equals downloads. That's what he likes to tell us. He does tell us that. I don't know that the data actually matches up with that, but we'll keep testing the, the hypothesis. Jeff Carr asks, actual viewer here, you have to give a five-year contract to one of these and cut the rest. This is a pretty good question, actually. Uh, who gets the contract and why? So he's listed four names. You have to give a five-year contract to one of these guys and cut the rest. I know who my answer is, and if you want me to answer first, I will. But the four names are Jose Iglesias, Jose Peraza, Derek Dietrich, or Freddie Galvis. You have to give a five-year contract to one of these and cut the rest. Who gets the contract and why? You want me to take it or you want it? I mean, I'll take it. I, I'll give a five-year contract to Jose Peraza because he's the youngest, so his skills should decline less. He, he's not going to cost much money right now either. That's exactly my answer. Jose Peraza, you can get him cheap for five years, and I think he could be a credible, at the very least, sort of a backup utility guy. Yeah, he can play all over the years. place. Yeah, so uh, absolutely. I don't think it's even close, really. I mean, I like those other guys. Um, people like to act like I hate Jose Iglesias. Um, and I, Derek Dietrich is one of my favorite people on earth, but yeah, I think it's Peraza. But that's a good question. Um, let's see what we got. We're not going to be able to answer all these. I'm sorry, but because we've got so many great questions. This all viewer mail episode. Um, Sean Mosser asks, hashtag viewer mail, with the reports of the Reds and Iglesias having mutual interest towards an extension, where do Galvis, Van Meter, and Peraza fit into the plans next year? Uh, who knows? Because that's what like we just talked about. I'm not sure I understand what the Reds are really doing with all those. If it's me, I could live with Galvis Van Meter as your uh, middle infield and Peraza as your utility guy. Uh, I don't think I don't think Jose Iglesias is here next year. Do you? I do, I do not. I yeah. I think that he's probably just unfortunately for some Reds fans he's going to test free agency and the Reds. I mean, if they wanted to bring him back, I feel like he'd have signed an extension by now. I would think he'd be jumping at an extension if they would offer one because he signed a minor league contract coming into this year. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Glaces but, but hey, I, I've been wrong before, Chad, so what do I know? You've never been wrong. Uh, Pete Wills at Petro's Wheels asks, hash brown viewer mail, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll Pop? I saw the commercial. The answer is three. One, two, three. That's the answer. Kyle Kapler asks, <laughs> I'm going to ask this question. You may know uh, the answer to this because you're uh, somewhat younger than I am. I'm going to admit my ignorance here. If Joey Votto was a Pokemon, which one would he be and why? Okay, I know one Pokemon. So I'm going to go with Charizard because it's literally the only one I know. Charizard? It, yeah, I, I don't know. Apparently he had a card or something that was worth a whole bunch of money, and somehow I remember that from... 900 years ago, never played, never watched, no idea. I just remember it being worth a lot of money. Interesting. I do have an answer, actually, on this one. If Joey Votto was a Pokemon, which one would he be and why? My answer, Melissa McCarthy. (laughs) J.L. Shadenfroud asks, will 2020 be a flop if Bell is still platooning? I mean, at some point, you know what you got, right? That's a good question. I I think that's why he is platooning, for the most part, because they know what they've got. Right? Why Why is platooning a dirty word in Cincinnati? I don't think it is in Cincinnati. I think it is everywhere. I think that a lot of fans just aren't – they're not used to the way the game is being played now. 
between you- between how starting pitchers are being used, relief pitchers are being used, and teams taking full advantage of platoon splits, even for guys that are good hitters, you know, they some of them, a lot of them do have big platoon splits, and people just aren't used to the game being played that way. Yeah, I, you know, I looked into the, I dug into the numbers because I'm a huge Jesse Winker fan. Love Jesse Winker. And I was trying to make an argument that he should be playing against more left-handers. Uh, Winker, left-handed hitter. And as I dug into the numbers and explored his minor league numbers and all the way through, I, I came to the conclusion that, oh, wait, he's really never hit against left-handers. So if you hit Philip Urban, and Philip Urban doesn't have a drastic split against both of them, but he's going to be better against most left-handed pitchers than Winker is, and he's always been all the way through, put those two together and you got a pretty good left fielder. So I think platooning, you know, I think David Bell platooning is a great idea. Uh, I, I, I sort of disagree with the premise of the question because uh, I think he does know what he has. And, you know, <laughs> platooning, I'm with you. It's the, it's the right thing to do in a lot of circumstances. Except for when it comes to Josh Van Meter. Except when it comes to Josh Van Meter. Why don't platoon him yet. Right. But, but yeah, I, I think that he just needs to be given the chance to show that either he can or can't do it right. uh, at the major league level. And it, they just haven't really given him that chance yet. Because the small sample with Man Meter is that he has been able to hit yes. left-handers. Uh, Joe D. asks, hash brown viewer mail, does the signing of Freddie Galvis make it more likely that uh, Dotson's favorite player, Jose Iglesias, is not retained next year? I think we both uh, already sort of answered that, and we both say yes, right? Yep. And then he asks, is Alex Wood on the team next year? I'll say no, but I hope he. I hope the answer is yes. That's absolutely the answer I was going to give. I, I'm gonna. If I had to bet the ranch, I'd go no. But man, I really hope. I'm. I'll, I'm a huge Alex Wood guy. I would love to to see him. Jody also had another question. Does uh, Benny the Jet Rodriguez still second base on Tucker Barnhart? He's not called the Jet for nothing. Oh, you're so you're going yes. Uh, uh, how about this? Pre-30, Benny the Jet Rodriguez? Yes. Nah. Post-30, no. You're crazy. No way. Tucker Barnhart guns him down. Uh, Tucker does have a laser rocket arm. He does arm. have a good arm. Mr. Saturday Night asks, how do you take your coffee? I mean, I don't drink coffee, so I don't take it at all. I take my coffee black, but I always wanted to take it uh, the way uh, the wolf, Winston Wolf in Pulp Fiction took it. Lots of cream, lots of sugar. <laughs> a little Pulp Fiction... Uh, Action there. Kevin Smith asks, hashtag viewer mail regarding the shift. Are players practicing bunting, hitting the other way in order to get on base? Seems to me if they are, if they're going to give you the left side, why not learn to hit it where they ain't? Famous comment by Wee Willie Keeler in the 1800s. Why aren't the Reds playing baseball like they did in the 1800s? Oh, pitchers are really, really good now. Uh, but to, to answer that question, every day when teams take batting practice, the, the first few pitches of the round, they'll bunt. And then one entire round is dedicated to hitting the ball the other way. One entire round is dedicated to trying to pull the ball. They they do have situational hitting and batting practice every single day. The difference is, you know, major league pitchers are really, really good. And if they're pitching you inside, it's very hard to go the other way. Or if they're pitching you outside, generally speaking, for most hitters, you don't want to try and pull that pitch. So the pitcher has a lot to do with whether you can hit it where you theoretically want it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just really hard. I wish that more Reds hitters could lay down a bunt when that third baseman's playing over, you know, closer to second base. And But it's really hard to do. And uh, I, gr- I grant that they're the best at their profession in the world, but 
Uh, I think they are practicing it. Uh, hitting the other way is difficult to do sometimes. I mean, they're not. Everybody's not Tony Gwynn or Wade Boggs. Showing my age there a little bit, uh, Doug Gray. Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember those guys too. So you're making us both old now. So thanks. You're old. Your son's not a freshman in high school, though. My uh, goodness, a freshman. Uh, Yikes. <laughs> Last question. Coming from our buddy J Joe D again. You think that's Joe DiMaggio? I don't. You think Joe DiMaggio has a Twitter account? I hope not. That would that would uh, answer some questions. Zombie also, DiMaggio does not sound fun. Zombie DiMaggio. Hold on, be right back. I got to start writing a screenplay. <laughs> Jody asks best guess. Assuming Sinzel is not in the mix, he's talking about Nick Sinzel. Assuming Sinzel is not in the mix, how does the clogged up middle infield shake out next year between Van Meter, Iglesias, Dietrich, Galvis, and Peraza? And we've sort of we touched on this a couple times, but. I wanted to mention this question just because I have this question. Should Sinzel be in the mix? <sighs> I think the answer to me is, let me just go ahead and say my thoughts on it because uh, I'm dropping this on you. My thoughts are the Reds have certain places they need to look to improve this year. I think center field should be one of those places. If they can acquire a legitimate center fielder, that uh, you know can can hit, and there are not that many of them, and I don't know who we we're even talking about. But if they can get a guy, whereas they may not be able to get a second baseman, hey, let's get the center fielder and shift Senzel back to second. I'm okay with that. So that's the reason I wanted to mention that one. Any thoughts? I, I don't disagree with you. Um, with that said, with the actual question that was asked, I'm not sure that three of those guys will even be Reds next year, to be perfectly honest. Really? I, I, it would not surprise me one bit if Jose Peraza – and Derek Dietrich both got non-tendered. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, I Dietrich is, seems more likely than Peraza, but, I mean, Peraza's going to make four, four and a half million dollars next year coming off of a season where he had a 640 OPS, and he's going to be a utility player on next year's team probably. You just said you wanted to give him a five-year contract. Yeah, but not for that much money. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I hadn't thought about Dietrich getting non-tendered, but you're right. What's he going to make? Right, and that, and that's the thing is, I, I it's that it's tough to kind of figure out exactly what to do. I th- I think that Galvis is here, uh, so I I mean, yeah, I so too, yeah. and he's gonna, he's gonna be kind of expensive, not really, but what five and a half million next year? Yeah. So they could sign me for much less than that. They could. They could. Um, but yeah, I think I'll stick with Freddie Galvis for five and a half million over you, Chad. No offense. Well, what if they signed me for exactly what I'm making now? Actually, half of what I'm making now to be the, uh, the one of the radio broadcasters. Okay, I don't want to throw your salary out there, but um, yes, we'll, <laughs> we'll, 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 I'll go with yes. I mean, they already have 47 broadcasters. What's 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 another one? I'm telling you, I, you know, I'm not going to say what I'm making either, but. If the Reds offer me half of what I'm making now to be their one of their radio broadcasters, yeah, I'll take it. they got to let me keep doing Red Leg Nation radio, though. I mean, of course. Of course. <laughs> All right, Doug, how about we put a wrap on this one? Uh, the all-viewer mail episode. Did you enjoy the all-viewer mail episode of the podcast? I thought it was fantastic, but I enjoy every episode of Red Lake Nation Radio. So. Wow, wow, that's high praise indeed. I thought the, the all of your mail episode would be a good idea. Just, you know, it was a rough week to be a Reds fan in some ways, and they're kind of drifting away from the playoff race where they were just only 
kind of on the on the periphery of it anyway. So let's be a way to have some fun and uh, enjoy what's been an entertaining red season, if nothing else. Uh, the most entertaining season, however it ends up, I think it's the most entertaining season we've had since at least 2013, right? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Not that there's a whole lot to compare it to. All right, this is Red Leg Nation Radio, episode number 283. You can subscribe to the podcast it's free. Wherever you get your podcast, go subscribe to it. Uh, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, um, I don't know, you know, Android Podcasts, whatever that is. Uh, Google Play, I guess. And, uh, you know, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast, we're there. You can subscribe to us. And, uh, again, it's free and it'll automatically deliver it to whatever your adv- device is every single week. And uh, and, and uh, most of the recent weeks, we've had more than one podcast. Go back and listen to our last one with a great interview Bill Lack did with, uh, with Chris Welsh, Reds broadcaster and Crafty Lefty. Uh, definitely don't don't miss out on that one. You can uh, follow Doug at DougDirt24 on Twitter. I'm at Dotson C. We are at Redleg Radio on Twitter and at Redleg Nation on Twitter. Also, RedlegNation.com, where we've been talking about the Reds every single day since 2005, which seems like a long time at this point. That was a long time. It was a long time. Doug, you got any final thoughts for uh, for the Reds fans out there in Redleg Nation land? Play Josh Van Meter every day. Play Josh Van Meter every day. For Doug Gray and our guy Josh Van Meter, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.